The following program, The Doris Davenport Show, all local, all the time, is brought to you in part by Doris Davenport. The views and opinions therein do not represent those of Newsweb Radio Company or its management. Gearing up for March Madness? It's also Problem Gambling Awareness Month. If the tournament spreads are affecting your work, school, and relationships, are you really winning? Don't get lost in the madness. Let Way Back In, an addiction treatment center, help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Discover one of our community's unique resources, the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation, www.oprfcf.org. The weather's getting warmer. Time to enjoy the outdoors. Biking, hiking, sports. Pains and sprains. I hate venturing out. Let me give you something for that. A Band-Aid? The number to Dr. Victor Romano. 708-848-4662. I'll need a body cast. How about holistic healing? Can you explain that? Not as well as Dr. Victor Romano. 708-848-7662. One Erie Court, Oak Park. When you can't stop betting nonstop, and gambling is affecting your relationships, your job, and more, are you really winning? This is Problem Gambling Awareness Month, and we want you to know you are not alone. You can get help by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Know the signs of problem gambling by visiting areyoureallywinning.com. Enjoying the Doris Davenport program? You're not alone. The Doris Davenport program is quickly becoming the place for all things local. If you have a quality local business or offer a quality service, the Doris Davenport program is tailor-made for you. We offer reasonably priced announcements available to all. To find out how we can work together for success, call 1-312-296-9709 and speak to Doris directly about attaining your goals. 1-312-296-9709. Discover one of our community's unique resources, the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation www.oprfcf.org Gearing up for March Madness? It's also Problem Gambling Awareness Month. If the tournament spreads are affecting your work, school, and relationships, are you really winning? Don't get lost in the madness. Let Way Back In, an addiction treatment center, help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation has a website, a Facebook page, and a Twitter feed? And they're easy to find. Search online for OPRFCF. See what's new. Find a scholarship. Donate to support local nonprofits. Join a group or just connect. The weather's getting warmer. Time to enjoy the outdoors. Biking, hiking, sports. Pains and sprains. I hate venturing out. Let me give you something for that. A Band-Aid? The number to Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-4662. I'll need a body cast. How about holistic healing? Can you explain that? Not as well as Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-7662. One Erie Court, Oak Park.
When you can't stop betting nonstop and gambling is affecting your relationships, your job, and more, are you really winning? This is Problem Gambling Awareness Month, and we want you to know you are not alone. You can get help by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Know the signs of problem gambling by visiting areyoureallywinning.com. Welcome back to the Doris Davenport Show. My name is Doris Davenport, and I am your host for the hour. Hey, Paul, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. I tell you, there is nothing like being sick and then being completely over it. Yeah. Because today I feel completely over it. Do you have like a like? It's it's like you have like a new lease on life whenever yeah. that you know like uh, when you're sick you're like oh I wish I was better I could do this that this and then now you're finally healthy so it's like oh right, I want to yeah. accomplish all these things now I'm like Mr. Precious is so happy because he's going for a walk every day and sometimes twice a day was he your your service uh, dog while you were sick yeah he was and he did his job so well <laughs> I mean he really did he was such a good emotional support dog let me tell you he gave me all of the emotional support anybody could possibly ask for. He's such a sweetheart. He really is. You know, but I I, I have to say when I think about him, I get a little sad because he's going to be 13 this year. My goodness. And, you know, I have had him since he was seven and a half weeks old. That baby has been with me all of his life, and he's getting these old age skin tags on him. And yeah, I got to have him removed because one in particular is bothering him. So he licks it from time to time. It's not just about vanity. Uh, He has served me well, and I do intend to serve his latter years just as well. (laughs) So there's some people who think about spoiling dogs and why people do so much for dogs because he's my child. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have human children. I happen to have have a four-legged furry child, but my child nonetheless. (laughs) Well, folks, now, the last time that we were together, um, we didn't really talk much about the election. We're not going to talk. Well, yeah, we are, I guess, going to talk a lot about it today. But um, we're going to we're going to have some interesting conversation today. I have a fantastic guest in the studio. But before I introduce her and the topics of our conversation, I do want to make mention that we are in a runoff. As you all know, for the first time in 40 years, our incumbent mayor, Lori Lightfoot, lost her reelection bid. And we are now going to have a runoff between our very own WCPT host, Brandon Johnson, who is a Democrat and a progressive Democrat. And he will be in the runoff with Paul Vallis, who used to run the Chicago public school system. And he also was budget director, uh, budget director under Mayor Daley. Um, and he also is uh, a lifelong Democrat who considered pulling a Republican ticket at one time, um, as many other Democrats do. I mean, a lot of people are going to hold that against him. Um, but I think today's ideology makes a difference with both. I feel like I've, I encouraged both of them. And as you know, Paul was right here in the studio. He came and gave his time and interviewed 
Brandon is a good friend. Um, I want both of them to do well as friends and as people. Now, as a black woman and a person of the black community, I do have to say that I'm going to be voting my interest and the interest of my community. And I say both candidates have an opportunity to speak to me and the voters about their platforms. So we're going to we are going to talk today, uh, my guest, about those platforms and kind of what we should be looking for as a community, because we couldn't have, I think, a better runoff. I called this runoff months and months ago. People asked me, who do you think is going to be in the runoff? And I said, Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson. And people would say, what? Don't you think the mayor has a chance? And I said, well, frankly, no, um, I don't. I think those are the two that are going to be in it. And I gave my reasons why. And I really think that the fact that we're down to these two is proof positive that voters have voter fatigue for business as usual. You know, we are really tired of the same old rhetoric, the same old plans, and nothing ever happens. So when you ask, when you ask yourself that question, you know, what do I want my life to look like four years from now? How different do I want it to be? What do I want the next mayor to do differently than the one that just left office and all the ones that preceded them? Well, maybe not all the ones that preceded them, namely speaking of Harold Washington. Um, But, you know, we have to ask ourselves that question seriously. And folks, this is not the time to sit idly by. This is absolutely not the time to say I'm not voting because it just doesn't make a difference. Because frankly, every person who decides not to vote, you're casting a vote. You're casting a vote against your interest. And this is an important election. And I'm going to say some things today that might upset some people. And all I can say to that is the truth is the light, and so be it. So um, we do have to pay attention to our mayoral election, and I do want everyone to do that. I am going to introduce this beautiful woman that is in the studio with me today. She's a good friend of mine. I am blessed to call her my friend. She is visionary Kai Elzabar. She has worked as CEO of arts organizations and as editor, writer, and multimedia consultant, accumulating a significant number of years and experience as a journalist, publishing, public relations, media training, marketing, internal and external communications. We're probably going to come up on the break by the time I finish this bio, but you know how we like to do. Even though she's been on my show before, it's the first time she's been in this studio, so we are going for the long one. Kai currently continues her life's work as editor-in-chief of Chicago News Weekly. And if you go over to the Doris Davenport, Doris Davenport Show pay, Facebook page, wow, that was a tongue twister. If you go over to the Doris Davenport Show Facebook page, you'll see the promo with her picture on it, and you'll see the logo of Chicago News Weekly. She is the editor-in-chief of Chicago News Weekly. And I think I put on there, she's the executive director. She's going to have to explain that one. Where she has resumed her column, E-Notes. She's ecstatic to be in the position to grace Chicago and the world with a publication that articulates the black voice.
It's no secret, she says, that we see things from a perspective different than that of our fellow Americans, made up of people representing the world. CNW realizes that we are all people, and yet we respect our differences, but seek what we share to create a society that is inclusive and reflects equity. She's grateful that she can mentor youth in the business of newspaper publishing, and with that, the history of our experience in America and what it all means. As executive director of ETA Creative Arts Foundation, which is one of our legacy landmark organizations in Chicago, she said many questioned, how do you move from executive editor to executive director? And she shared seamlessly in each situation as the team leader, I provide the vision, which while empowering staff who manage and drive the process to achieve the goals, the benchmarks and milestones step by step to manifest the mission. Though different from broadcast to print, social media and the stage, they are all platforms where we tell stories. In 2014, Kai joined the iconic 115-year-old Chicago Defender newspaper, another legacy landmark Um, organization. She was the first woman executive editor of the organization. She brought the voice of the Chicago Defender through her popular weekly E-Notes commentary. She completed her tenure with the paper back in 2016. Her voice is quoted in two books that were published a couple of years ago, A City Divided by David Harris and Journalism in the Age of Virtual Reality by John Pavlik. Her journalism experience is extensive, including positions at various prestigious newspapers and magazines like like the Chicago Tribune. Indigo, Indigo Maga Paper, Today's Chicago Women, Elon Magazine, Blowin, The Progressive Arts Magazine, Shop Talk, American Visions, Elle Magazine, Black Collegiate, Black Books Bulletin, Essence, Downbeat, Jazz Times, Cadence, Mademoiselle, NAACP Crisis Magazine, The Image Awards Journal, and oh my God, there's so many more, I'm not even going to begin to read them. But I do want to highlight that she's appeared on CNN, NBC, Chicago Tonight, She's been featured in the Chicago Tribune, the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, the New Yorker. And yes, she was on the cover of Crane's Chicago twice. And of course, she does radio, V103, WGCI, WBEZ, WVON, TWT, and now WCPT. In Los Angeles, Kai worked at CBS, BET, Disney, PBS, and Red Shoes Diary, the NAACP Image Awards, Core, Digital Pictures. She was a writer, associate producer, copywriter, and a script doctor. She was the editor for the official Tavis Smiley website. She also worked at the City of Los Angeles Cultural Affairs Department in the Office of Festivals and Gallery Theater as the assistant to the, rec- to the director producing theater and festivals. Kai received the 2019 Charles Mingus Award for Outstanding Community Collaboration, the Maya Angelou Literary Award for Outstanding Literary Work. She's the recipient of the Best of Show Case Award for Creativity and the Andriana M. Floyd Memorial Scholarship. Leadership Illinois Class of 95 graduate, and she has won the Kizzy Award and the JPH Rose Award. Kai was listed in Crane Chicago Business's Top 500 Most Influential in Business, and she completed the Landmark Education Curriculum for Living and Leadership Training Program. She's listed in the 1988-99 Kensington Who's Who, and yep, She's even run three L.A. marathons. Go, girl! 
<laughs> Kai has served on numerous boards of nonprofit organizations whose missions concern matters that she's passionate about. Some of the boards she's served on are the Association for Advancement of Creative Musicians, the Forum for the Evolution of Progressive Arts, Youth Communications, the Chicago Association of Black Journalists, Jackson Park Hospital Young Professionals, Jackson Park Hospital Women's Board, and she currently serves on the boards of Right Girl, of which 2021 presidential inaugural poet Amanda Gorman is an alum, budding artist, and of course, Ida's legacy. Welcome back to the Doris Davenport Show and the WCPT Studios. Kai <laughs> I am so happy to be here, Doris, to kick off this wonderful celebration of Women's Month. You are my first guest Yay. for Women's History Month. Yeah. And after reading your bio, I um, learned something about you. And when I read it preparing for, the, for this interview, mm-hmm. I was so surprised. And now I'm going to surprise you. Okay. There is, well, there are many things that we have in common, many yes. people and organizations, obviously. But there is something in your bio that I think you are going to be even more surprised about that we have that we absolutely have in common. Okay. I, too, completed the Landmark Education <laughs> Leadership and Training Program. <laughs> now, see, we're always... Only, now you know. Now you know. And, and you have to know it in order yeah, to get yeah. why we are this way about absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, that is a program unlike any other. Unlike any other. I have talked about it. Um, people probably don't even get it no, when I talk they about don't. it. Yeah, um, but it's it was fabulous. Um, it's fabulous. Fabulous. Changes your life. It it, it is life changing. Transforms your life. It transforms your <laughs> life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Kai, yes, I want to congratulate you for this new publication, oh. um, Chicago News Weekly. Now you are a veteran, mm-hmm. um, and you've worked long time with um, Cheryl Maynard, mm-hmm. um, who I have so much respect for and admiration and you know you guys just have this knack for showing up in all the right places Uh, and really in a way I would say salvaging you know aspects of black assets cultural assets Mm -hmm. that's so critical Um, I watched you do it with the Defender and now bringing Chicago News Weekly. It is it is that black narrative that we are missing on the daily basis. Um, You know, the Defender has gone digital, although they're doing a good job in their digital coverage, but they're no longer just local. So their focus is everywhere. Um, The Crusader, I think, does a beautiful job. I love Dorothy Lavelle and Sharon is doing such a wonderful job over there with Elaine and Anthony, the whole team. Um, it's a blessing to see Chicago News Weekly. I look at the masthead and see so many old friends. Tell us the mission and why now. Well, it's it's interesting. We laugh all the time. Cheryl Maynard Norman is my partner in this, and we discuss how right now we we're wearing our big girl pants. Mm-hmm. Um, we've worked for other people, but doing the heavy lifting of your own product, your own business. Um, gives you a whole different insight. But we decided that it was important and and really necessary at this juncture in our life because as we looked around at 
the politics, everything that was going on um, with the African-American experience, we're like, where is our voice? Now, that's not to say there that there aren't black media, you know, outlets. There are. And they do what they do. But there wasn't that sense of a united representation. And we know, you mentioned the Chicago Defender, the Chicago Defender, Ebony, that used to be that. And Ebony right? Man. And uh-huh. Ebony Man, absolutely, used to be that voice. And so we're like, you know, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. So we took it upon ourselves to... Uh, make that step, and in addition to just representing our voice, we're also introducing our voice to the rest of the Chicago community and the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. We have um, a voice, and I think oftentimes that voice gets um, squelched. Yes. And I say squelched, I, I started to say Hidden, absolutely underrepresented, underrepresented. But I use the word squelched because I firmly believe Mm -hmm. that there is a deliberate, continuous and consistent attempt to silence the black voice and particularly to silence the black female voice. And this whole month, I'm going to be talking about female empowerment. I'm going to be talking about the black woman's voice because I think we're overlooked. And I think, you know, I want to understand why. Um, I don't think it's a mistake that two black women had the vision to do this. Now, that doesn't take anything away from anybody else. And what do you what do you say about what do you say to that? um, uh, Those thoughts that, oh, here we are again, it's black women doing something and not black men. What do you say to that? Uh, something my father used to say, and that it, it is what it is. It but, is what it is. <laughs> you know, you, right. you take uh, the circumstances that you find yourself in, and sometimes you have created that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do what you have to do to deliver whatever it is you say that you know you want to deliver. If it's a newspaper, if it's your radio program, you know, if it's painting a house or painting houses, whatever you choose to mm-hmm. do, you have to accept responsibility for that. And I think as African American women, we have emerged from a history where we haven't been gifted a whole lot. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, we can historically see that we were working alongside our men doing the same tough work. Mm -hmm. Um, And you had a baby on your back Mm -hmm. or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We did not have the luxury and not all others, but Mm -hmm. we just didn't have the luxuries uh, or the luxury of having uh, a, a rich father or mm-hmm. a wealthy husband or brother or whatever, mm-hmm. we had to get in and dig deep. So we know about that. Yeah. We have always done that. Mm-hmm. Our mothers have always done that. So it's natural for us mm-hmm. uh, to take the lead. We also 
I did, grew up in that generation where we knew that we had to be 10 times better Mm -hmm. than our competitors so that there would be no question that Mm -hmm. you are, Mm -hmm. you know, qualified better than everybody else Mm -hmm. to do this job. And so that's how we think. I mean, I was just reading uh, statistics not too long ago that the African-American woman is the most educated Of our, in, you know, the, in, the in, the, in the country, yeah, and yet we're not making the same money as our counterparts. So that's another story. But what I'm saying is, it's been ingrained. It's been impressed right. upon us that we have to do. I mean, I remember my father, who is, and we talked about that earlier. My father mm-hmm. was like, "You do as I say, do not as I do, guy." Mm-hmm. And you know, this is my house, and you will all right. of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, his message to me. And I'm going to say it exactly like he said it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to bleep one thing out. <laughs> but he would say, look, make sure that you are independent, mm-hmm. that you can take care of yourself, that at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you're not dependent on some hard leg. That's what he was saying. <laughs> some hard leg. <laughs> you, know, you know, so it was all these mixed messages because my father was definitely a man's man when I was, you know, be- before I got married, he said, just remember, you're going to become Mrs. Him. He does not become Mrs. Her. You mm-hmm. dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at, at, on the other side, he's like, yeah, make sure you're independent. That's a that's a that's a, a difficult thing yeah. to balance. But I watched I observed my mother mm-hmm. to do that. And but she still had to make certain sacrifices to uh, appeal to his um male ego or whatever. Right. And, and, and that's something that we all have to do as women, for sure. And I think other indigenous women have that same mm-hmm. commonality with us that it's different from other women. You know, um, we our uh, we've all had to contend with our own female desires and the lack of maybe the world seeing it as we do and giving us the opening to 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 see our desires and dreams come to fruition. But um, the kinds of things that we've had to contend with as women of color uh, and particularly black women is very different from other women. There's no if, ands or buts about it. Let's just talk about a point in case. And it's a Chicago case. Remember um, Anjanette Johnson? Yes. Yes. I mean, the whole idea that a group of, I mean, public servants, I'm just so disappointed, you know, walk in on a woman who's just gotten out of the shower. She's in her home. She's not Mm -hmm. expecting you. She is butt naked people. Yes. And they come in and she's like, what's going on? What's going on? You can hear it on the recording all the time. Mm -hmm. This can't be right. You know, no one said take her into the room and cover her up. up." And there was a woman Mm -hmm. officer there also. Yeah. And and she not only this, so we have to talk about that. And Mm -hmm. she was a black officer. Yeah. I could not believe it, but my point is you would not do that to your own you wouldn't your mm-hmm. wife your daughter yes. your sister yeah. it just wouldn't happen so when i i i witnessed something mm-hmm. like that i'm saying what was going on in your head yeah you did not see her as a woman you did not see her as a human being mm-hmm. to suffer the indignity of that mm-hmm. what was going on so yes those are the kinds of things that we um Endure, and I now I'm getting ready really to mm-hmm. my age, but I remember when I was a, <laughs> uh, just a kid in college, getting ready to 
Well, I had just gone off to school, and there had been this film called Liberation of L.B. Jones. I don't know if you remember that. No. But anyway, so I had come from a party. Um, I had no knowledge that some uh, some police officers, white police officers, had been killed, I think, in, in Robert Taylor Holmes or something. Mm-hmm. So we're coming, we're in Hyde Park, and we're coming out, um, getting, you know, going into a car in the parking lot at the Windermere. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting in the car, the guy I was with, we're sitting in the car waiting for his friends to come down. In fact, we're sitting in his friend's car. Mm-hmm. Long story short, what I'm trying to tell you is they come over and and ask us to prove that this is our car, but it's not our car. It's our friend's car. Mm-hmm. So we're being hauled off into a, a police van. They're going to take us down mm-hmm. to wherever. Hey, people, I'm not I wasn't from Chicago, so I didn't know I was supposed to shut up. So I'm like. What are you doing? You know, I'm asking questions, and he's like trying to tell me to be quiet. And I'm like, I'm not. So as they were putting him in the paddy wagon, I'm getting ready to go with him. And they're like, no, you have to be separated. Literally, I remembered the scene in The Liberation of L.B. Jones where the policeman taken a raper. And I start screaming, just screaming like a crazy woman. And they're like, what is wrong with her? I was like, I'm not going to get in there. So they, <laughs> I didn't get in there. You know, I didn't go in the other car by myself either. They ended up calling the car. the The point is that trauma, mm-hmm. okay, of our experience. Mm-hmm left me very uncomfortable mm-hmm. with going with these white policemen who could have been very nice people. I don't yeah. know. I never got to find out because they sent another <laughs> they sent a black policeman. He's like, what's going on, young lady? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, you know, things turn out. But yes. Yeah, but that's the fear that we all yes. have about this police culture yes. climate. Yes. And, and it is police culture, right? It doesn't matter if the police is black, white, yellow, green. Right. It doesn't matter. At this point in time, that's um, true. I remember the first time I got stopped for a traffic uh, violation and um, the police stopped me. And when the guy walked up to the car, he was a black police officer. Mm-hmm. This was right after the George Floyd video had gone viral. Oh. Everybody was talking about it. And I had talked about it numerous times on mm-hmm. the radio. I was shocked at my response. When this guy came to my window and I rolled the window down and turned around and saw and came face to face with this uniform. Mm-hmm. Forget about him. It was mm-hmm. the uniform and that badge. Mm-hmm. I began to hyperventilate. Yes. I got so nervous and he saw it and he just said, Miss, calm down. It's okay. I get it. It's okay. You know, and he just talked to me and he didn't give me a ticket. Thank goodness. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it it was something else. Listen, um, we're going to take a break. And on the other side of the break, one of the first things I do want to talk about is, you know, the black community and really kind of look at... um, who we are today in 2023. Who is the black community in Chicago? What is its makeup? And who are its leaders? We're going to take a break and come back with um, a sports report from Paul Shivari. Uh, Paul, take it away. This is Doris Davenport on The Doris Davenport Show, where facts matter on WCPT. All right, it's time for your sports report here on the Doris Davenport Show. All local, all the time. We'll start local with the Chicago Bulls, who are trailing right now the Indiana Pacers, 62-54. to 54. Uh, At the United Center right now, it's two minutes until the half, so still plenty of time for the Bulls to come back in this one. The new-look Chicago Blackhawks lost last night to the Nashville Predators, 3-1. to one. They're going to be in action on tomorrow night at the United Center against the Ottawa Senators. 
Senators. In the MLB, the Chicago White Sox currently trailing the Dodgers 4-0 in the bottom of the fifth inning. Cubs trailing the Rockies 3-2 in the uh, fourth inning right now. It's just spring training. Nothing nothing to worry about. Uh, White Sox will have Mike Clevenger on the roster this year. He's been uh, cleared in his investigation for domestic violence from Major League Baseball, so he plans on remaining with the team this season. Don't let us hear no more reports like that. Yeah, right, yeah. No, it's, it's never want to hear that from any of the guys playing in town here. Um, and, it, of course, that's their business, so I don't know exactly what happened. We don't but, know what happened, yeah. but I don't want to hear any more reports like that. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, the Illini lost today 76-71 in basketball to Purdue. The Big Ten tournament starts uh, this week. It's going to be in Chicago. We don't know what the seed yet is for the Illini, but more than likely they will be starting action on Thursday, uh, either as the probably 8th, ninth, or 10th seed. We'll see where they end up by the end of the day. DePaul basketball will will be taking uh, uh, the Big East tournament play on Wednesday. They will play against Seton Hall as the 10th seed. The Chicago State Cougars, I think their season is over. They lost yesterday to Fresno State, 108-72. to No tournaments for them as they are an independent team this year. UIC basketball is done as of Thursday. They lost to Missouri State, 74-57. Loyola will start the Atlantic 10 tournament on Tuesday against St. Joseph's. They are the 15th seed as there's more than 10 teams in the Atlantic 10, apparently. Uh, and that is it for your sports report. Now back to Doris Davenport. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate that. Um, was that the, um, the hockey team's first game without their lead player? Is he still there? Uh, Patrick Kane got traded this week to, mm-hmm. to New York. Um, I think they've played a couple of games this week without him. Because I know they did a video tribute, I think, on Friday night to uh-huh. him on the on the video board. Oh, good, good. So I want those Sox to do their um, make their practices. Because, you know, when I think of, like, basketball, I just lost... I really lost interest in watching basketball unless it's a championship game because I think that those guys get paid far too much money to be missing free throws. I feel like if you now, what's the guy who made all those free throws in the um, oh, what is his name? Um, I'm going to think of it for next week because I've got my eye on him. When I watch how much money these these guys make and every game when they miss free throw after free throw. I feel like that is just somebody who doesn't take their career or their sport seriously. And I think they should start getting penalized for the free throws that they miss because you're out here partying everywhere. I see you doing endorsement commercials. I see you filming and you got your side business going over there. Get in the gym and practice those free throws. Amen. I don't think a professional basketball player making over $10 million should ever miss a free throw. You'd be the coach that would have them like running laps the next game. Oh, heck yeah! <laughs> you better believe it. Down, <laughs> and I'd be sitting on their back too. <laughs> up, up. <laughs> okay, back to our conversation. We are here with Kai Elzabar, the uh, chief editor in chief of uh, Chicago News Weekly. Now, you know, I want to talk about the black community, quote unquote. Because I've heard the the comments that people make, and a lot of times it is snarky, yes, y'all, when a white person says to me, but who is the black community? And it sounds so, you know, like a, like a real inquisitive question, but I don't find it inquisitive. I think it's a snarky comment. Um, and I'm just going to say this to that, and then uh, I'd like to hear what you have to say, Kai. 
But my feeling is, you know, when I use the term black community, it is so deep and so spiritual that it transcends every ism, every division of race and gender, every everything. I don't care what other aspect of the community you align yourself with. When I say black community, they all know who I'm talking to and about. And I'd like to know from your feel, from well, your thoughts. I think that we are coming from the same space. We're talking about family, mm-hmm. talking about the entire spectrum mm-hmm. of black folks. I think what is different now for um, our white communities is that they have become accustomed um, in seeing or meeting the representation of that. Mm-hmm. You know how it's like. We're going to send you out with your best clothes on. You had the right speech. You know all the politics. You know how to do this. And that's all come unraveled. Um, I was just thinking about that with um, Reverend Jackson not being, mm-hmm. you know, the spokesman yes. that he's been because of his, you know, um, Parkinson. Parkinson. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's just there isn't anyone. No one has stepped into that that place because, you know, they just haven't. They haven't mm-hmm. prepared for it, which is on us. But at any rate. And the leaders haven't prepared for it. That's what I mean. It. We yeah. have not yes, prepared yes. for that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they mean when they're asking. So who's who's representing you now? Right, who's the right. spokesperson? And, 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 and I think we're jockeying for positions now. We're seeing that. We saw that with this um, last mayoral election, um, which, of course, ended with the runoff, uh, with everybody trying to jockey for that position. And, and, and I think that that was crazy, number mm-hmm. one, and mm-hmm. that's another discussion. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. And I, I think that we are putting back in place an informed, we're hoping to develop an informed and educated constituency mm-hmm. That's important. Um, Our communities have become so dismantled when all of the um, low-income housing Mm -hmm. um, really removed African-Americans from those particular um, housing situations where they had their own culture, they had their own leadership, right? All of that. And some of that was gang-related, but there were rules. And what people don't Mm -hmm. know is that the African-American gangs were just like the mafia. They had rules. That's right. No children and no women. That's right. You know, there were were rules. So now we remove them from Mm -hmm. their environment, what they were familiar with and was contained and just sent them out. So you get all these little wild bucks, right. you know, running around talking about, I'm going to be the king, Hoover, whatever, mm-hmm. and all of this. And it is a hot mess. Yes. And so we are recovering. We're settling and we're working our way through it because mm-hmm. that's what we have to do. And we're and, working alone because we've basically yes. been abandoned yes. by the police department and yes. the leadership yes. and the yes. political leadership. And that includes the Democratic leadership. Oh, absolutely. The Republicans Everybody. don't care, but Everybody. the Democrats have not been any different yeah. as far as everybody's because everyone wants to fall back and say, Well, you're killing yourselves. Yeah, we yeah. are, mm-hmm. but we were 
what am I trying to say? It's a part of the culture. We were acculturated yeah, to do that. That's right. And so that's why we still have compassion mm-hmm. for our people. We get the self-hatred. We get the, we don't know what else to do. And that's mm-hmm. all you know. So we're working ourselves through that. I, you know, and um, I'm excited to work with believe it or not, the Gen Xers and the millennials who think totally different and think we are crazy. But um, that's all right. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel very strongly like those that came before me when I thought I knew everything. Mm -hmm. They just say, just keep living. And that's what I, I listen to them now. I hear them and I say that. But I also offered some insight Mm -hmm. um, and, and, um, you know, just information that they may not be aware of. What I think we have to do as responsible um, adults is to really teach our youth that you're a continuum. You didn't just create this. Like, you know, you you think you're the first person to wear your mm-hmm. hair natural? Mm-hmm. What do you think an Afro was? They're like, well, you all wore Afros. I'm like, what do you think that was? That was natural. Right, you know, but anyway, right, right. so it's just interesting talking to young people. So I'm saying that although we may appear to be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. talked about just recovering and, and feeling good. That's where we are. We're we're in the process of um, relieving ourselves of mm-hmm. all that is that's malignant in yeah. our communities and, and, and pushing forward. Yeah. You know, I think about um, the state of uh, black media in Chicago. And I think now more than ever, it becomes critical because when you've got the kind of um, opposition of ideas where we're in a runoff, where each candidate has to move closer to the left or the right of their existing position in order to attract, you know, a larger number of voters, it's important that black people or Latino or Asian, whatever your you know, constituent base is, have places to go where they can hear the truth about their interests. You know, I think about, um, if I look around at the landscape, you know, I I, I always thank God for Charles Whitaker as the dean of the Medill School, our our mutual friend, Um, you know, of the Northwestern School of Journalism, mm-hmm. uh, Medill School, because that is where we are training journalists coming up. You yes. know, so knowing that there is somebody there who understands, who gets it, and who 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 has a, a global vision, if you will, um, I think that uh, students coming through that organization are being trained in the right way. We've got you know uh, Hermine Hartman out there, Delmarie Cobb out there, Carl West doing his thing. Um, God bless Dorothy Lavelle, and I just thank God for keeping her, giving her wings to continue to sixty-two years. She's been doing that sixty-two years. Yeah, we just did. Just I just did a cover story. Yeah, yes. and she—that's the only place of employment she's ever been because she mm-hmm. started as a teenager, like around fifteen, uh-huh. um, in the summertime working wow. there. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And then there she was, you know, uh, right in the middle of Saving the Reader. Um, And now we look at the Chicago Sun-Times. You know, Nakia Wright was the CEO. I don't think many people knew there was a black CEO of the Chicago Sun-Times all these years. And she's held many executive positions at Mm -hmm. the Sun-Times. But she has um, left. Um, and I'm not sure where she's going yet. I don't think she's announced it. But, you know, again, sometimes is, I think, merging with WBEZ. I don't know if that uh, deal is finalized. But where the, the state of black media, 
what is the state of black media? I applaud you and Chicago News Weekly, by the way, for the collaborative efforts that you did during the mayoral election by bringing all the media together. Tell us about that and then answer, please, the question. Well, I have to give all that um, ingenious thinking behind it to um, our publisher, Cheryl Maynard. She's she's very good at that. Mm -hmm. But she thought um, that we would do better when we had that body of strength Mm -hmm. as a united presentation. Not that we all thought alike or that we even, you know, say the same things. But when you're dealing with candidates who have to make many, many stops, Mm -hmm. it made so much more sense to them if they said, oh, we're going to meet the black press at a roundtable discussion at the offices of Chicago News Weekly. Mm -hmm. And that way we get the interviews done. Yeah. And so it worked very, very nicely um, and um, was appreciated. Mm -hmm. Also, by all of the papers themselves. So but when we look at um, the newspapers and I I was smiling as I was thinking, I was like, my God, I've really had the opportunity to deal with some real iconic um, organizations. So whether it was the Southside Committee Art Center, Mm -hmm. which was founded by Margaret, you know, Dr. Margaret Burroughs, you know, to. Um, And I started out as a kid at the Chicago Defender, and then I did the real stint as the executive director, having been one of the founding uh, members of um, Indigo, of course, which was one of my favorite Mm -hmm. um, experiences, Uh, and and then being appreciative of the citizen Mm -hmm. um, or Chicago Crusader and Lawndale, whatever. We all come together representing the pockets, you know, mm-hmm. we all have different perspectives. That to me is what's important. Yes, we were able to put, excuse me, mm-hmm. Dorothy Lavelle on our cover because we were dealing with black history at the time and we felt this is a historical um, contribution that has been made all this time and she's the leader of that. We're not afraid mm-hmm. to to acknowledge the rest of us. Mm -hmm. We're not the only voice, but we are a voice. And we know that it's important. So I think the media, um, each outlet or platform has to decide what now. Mm -hmm. I left the Chicago Defender in 2016 um, because I didn't like the direction they were going. Mm -hmm. I felt that the Defender, it's all in the name, Mm -hmm. right? Defending the community. Yes. That voice. Mm-hmm. And they decided to go in a different direction. And I said, I'm not going with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so today, Chicago um, News Weekly is an opportunity for us to do it our way. And so that's what's happening. And I, I think other newspapers are doing that, too. Magazines, Southside Currents, you know, everybody has something else to say. And, girl, we can't cover everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm so not, even, tr- not even trying. Exactly. Outlets. Right. And so the more, the better, you know, we can welcome them. We can also come together um, at some point and then do things in the same effort that we just did. You know, for mm-hmm. the round table with the mayoral candidate. Slide those covers over here for a minute um, th- that you had. And while you're getting those covers, um, uh, we've got about 
nine minutes left. This hour goes by so fast. Um, but I do want to just kind of go through them real quick. So, y'all, I say new, and it's new because it's less than a year, us, right? Yeah, we haven't done a year yet. Right. We're going to celebrate a year in September. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So, you know, if you look at all of these covers, we've got um, the new Big Lie Fact or Fiction, talking about black scholarship. We're, we've got um, uh, Jackie Robinson, Not Your Ordinary Entrepreneur. Kill, owner of Killwins. Owner of Killwins. Franchises, yeah. seven of them. Wow, that's amazing. Beauty and breast cancer, something very big in the black women's community. Big issue, house your water. You know, that is a big, big yeah. deal it, all over this country. All over the Why country. Why so many black communities are dealing with bad water, the very lifeblood of life itself. And then, of course, black owned um, first black owned dispensary opens uh, under a governor who may be running for president, um, who went has done, I think, three rounds now of licenses. And we're just now seeing one. Yeah. I got so much to say about that. Um not to say he hasn't done some wonderful things, but I think things like that are, you know, important. Yeah. Uh, looking at World AIDS Day. Thank you so much for bringing attention to that. Uh, the Chicago Fire Department. Um, fair or foul, the Chicago Fire Department exam. Let me tell you about this. Yeah. This, this article... We broke this article. The Chicago Tribune saw it, and they said, who are these people? How did they get the story? <laughs> who is this Chicago News Weekly? And uh, the the response from these people were that, meaning the Chicago Brigade, it was Fire Brigade. They said, uh-huh. well, they were the only ones listening. We were trying to tell you guys, too, and you weren't listening. And you weren't so listening. anyway, then everybody got on the story and said, woo. We broke that story. Right. And then you don't you don't um, hide from controversy. Mays Jackson Absolutely in black and not. white on the cover. Um, who and this is what we mean. And we followed this one with Julian Green, who is the vice president uh-huh. of um, public relations and communications uh-huh. at the uh, Cubs. Oh yeah, and I don't have that one, but that's a I love that. Um, yeah, thing. that's These, a good one. I have fun too, by the way, Doris, because I direct those shoots. I know. I've seen you in action. I love it. I love it. I used to direct the shoots for Ebony Man Magazine. Yeah, Johnson I know. Publishing that's company. the girl. You know how it is. So I do understand. And there's our beloved Dorothy yeah. Lo- Dorothy Lavelle, Black yeah. History in essence. Look how beautiful <laughs> she is. And then we have this. Uh, so we've got Black-owned holiday. This is V.I.C. Mensa's You know, Vic Mensa, he's a rapper, so he's trying to tell your age, too. <laughs> but he um, sponsored a world concert in Ghana uh, in oh, January. That, that was this is That's his thing. Him. That's him. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you! He's such a baby. Yeah, he's a baby. And this my favorite cover actually uh, right now is the February twenty second through twenty eighth issue. Uh, Who should lead Chicago? Yeah, I just love that cover so much. My question, Kai. Um, we haven't seen a real rainbow coalition since Harold Washington. In a runoff like the one we are in, in regardless of who the the selection yeah, is, yeah. there's some that say automatically it's Brandon Johnson because he's black. I don't think that's true. I've talked to many, many people. No. This is a real true runoff. It mm-hmm. is so true. Mm-hmm. People are listening to what they're planning to do. Do you think it is possible for us to um, have a black and brown coalition are we invested in each other's future enough or are we too far down the road with our, you know, 
um, we dug our heels in on our own uh, turf, so to say. Well, you and I are in agreement that um, this runoff is exactly what it should be. Mm-hmm. We have two um, Democratic candidates that have a different perspective on the ideology of yes. what that means. So with that being said, um, it's our responsibility as voters to really deep, I mean, dig deeply mm-hmm. and find out what they're doing. Really push that metal to the pedal when you ask some questions, yes. right? Like, wh- what exactly does this mean? And then, may the best man win. And as that happens, however, these two mm-hmm. should be able to work together because this is what I don't understand anymore about politics. I don't agree with you about this, and now I can't stand you. I hate you. You're, you know, you become the bad guy. And it's like, I thought we were on the same team. Right. You know, so this world is 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 challenging, and I, I really feel that the entire world, in America more so than ever before in time, is experiencing that transition. We have always been pretty settled, you know, blah, 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 but then January 6th happened yeah. a few years ago, and it's like, oh, my God, we could have possibly experienced a coup. This is something we read about third world countries. How did that happen here? So we are in the process of, um, you know, settling with the fallout. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, you know, we're hit by a nuke mm-hmm. right. and, you know, things are changing. You have people, the, the, it, you know, it's like that Michael Jackson um, uh, thriller. You know, mm-hmm. people is a thriller or the one when there's the graveyard. Anyway, yeah, all yeah, these crazy so. people. This is what we're seeing when you look at the Marjorie Greens and you see so and so. This is who these this is what this is. This is the response, mm-hmm. you know, to all of this fallout and people are grotesque now in the mm-hmm. way that um, they share information and the way they talk about people and to think that it's okay to go hit Nancy Pelosi's husband, husband and hit, all these things are shoot so-and-so. What people Hang pens. are... Why mm-hmm. do you think it's okay? Because if it happened to you or your yeah. husband, then the story would be different. Always put yourself in the other person's shoes. And then I think we have we make better choices. So that's what I think that we have to get to. In the meantime, girl, we're in that ring and we yeah. are boxing it out and it's not going to be easy. Yeah. And 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 the, the most important thing that I can say today about this runoff. Um, and as I said, both Paul and Brandon are friends Um and I am listening as a real voter mm-hmm. for your ideas and where you're going. I reject every intimidation um, uh, effort that's out there because they're out there. People who want to try to intimidate you to make your choice and make your choice known. And if you're black, you should do this. And if you're, you know, I'm going to say this to my friend Paul Vallis, though. Uh, there is something that you are going to have to do. Um, to keep the interest of people like me. Um, you got the endorsement of John Catanzara of the FOP, and I didn't mind that because I say, you know, the man Catanzara doesn't make the organization, and I heard many police officers speak out against him. But my view now that he has won election by a majority of that organization is, in my view, for this runoff, he is the Jeremiah Wright of this organization. You're going to have to denounce him in order for me to believe that you support everybody. Now, I just feel that that's fair. 
your thoughts? I think that I don't think there's any one answer mm-hmm. or one way to do that. But I do think that Vallis has to have a conversation with him and call out what is wrong, what is right, what we can save or salvage and what we can't. What is it we are looking to do to transform the Chicago police you know, department and the way we do things so that we all win. Well, great. Paul, I thank you for coming on when you said that under your watch, no human rights under anybody's, uh, under any circumstances will be violated. Uh, Brandon Johnson has uh, said that the people first under every circumstance. So we're going to be listening. I have been enjoying this conversation today with Kai Elzabar, chief editor of Chicago News Weekly. Thank you so much for joining the Doris Davenport Show. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back with you next week.